This is Stacey McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast, where CEOs, senior leaders, and C-suite executives share their advice. It's six questions in nine minutes because the best leaders know how to share their ideas concisely and quickly. Let's jump right in. Question number one. In a few sentences, tell me who you are and what you do. My name is Mark Porter. I'm the president and CEO of Highwire Networks. We deliver world-class services all around the globe. And how long have you been doing that, Mark? I have been a owner or operator of the business for the better part of the last 20 years. Wow. So you might have one or two ideas to share with us from that, that bit of time, I can imagine. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see, right? We'll see how you do. So question number two for you. What's the best thing about leading people from your perspective? I love to have the opportunity to see people thrive. It's one of the things that over the years um, has really become the best part of my job and the way we run the business. I, I, I'm fortunate to have an outstanding team of people around me that I, I get to focus on the people. Key relationships is one of my three or four responsibilities that, that I have um, for the organization. And that allows me to spend time coaching them in ways that I couldn't if I was more ingrained in the day-to-day -day HR type piece of the, of the business relationship. So seeing people thrive and succeed. In fact, that's uh, what we, that, that's what we call our, our purpose uh, in, in the EOS system that we use uh, is to give people the opportunity to be the best version of themselves that they can. I love that. And it gets to be a, a part of that in any way, shape, or form is so rewarding, I often find. It, it, it absolutely is. And see, seeing people succeed and knowing at times um, that we gave them a shot that they might not have gotten somewhere else or because we're um, pretty flexible and entrepreneurial and have a, 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 a culture based on being innovative and giving them a chance to try things. Um, it's, it's really when they learn to succeed for themselves and take a framework that you've given them and make it better, that's truly awesome to see. You know, I'm curious, you know, I'll sometimes hear from other leaders, business would be great if it weren't for the pesky people part. You know, considering key relationships is one of your you know, top three responsibilities, I'm curious what your thoughts are about a sentiment like that. Um, I... I was playing golf with a customer um, last summer, in fact, and he's a little younger or earlier on in his journey, so to speak. He's, he's about 10 years into his business journey and it's growing fast and he's having a lot of success, but he expressed that um, ha having difficult conversations with his employees wasn't uh, anything that he liked to do and that in some cases, you know, some of his people wish he wouldn't talk to his employees. And um, I, I could sympathize with him or empathize with him because probably at that part of the, of the journey, I don't think that was something I relished all that much either. There's always so much going on. You're always pressed for time. You always feel like you've got your head in a vice between customers and employees and, you know, making the business make money and all of those things. Um, I'll say when the business is easy, it's a lot easier to, to do. Uh, revenue hides a lot of sins. But um, when you start to, to break it down to the human 
piece of it and realize that if you don't do those things and if you don't let people um, excel and thrive, you know, they're going to leave you or they're just going to languish and do just enough. And it stifles the business. It wasn't really until I learned to start doing those things that, um, that I, uh, the business began to thrive as a result. So I would say if it's not something that you like and relish, then don't build an employee centric business, because if you're going to build an employee centric business, you need to be all about having that and you need to have a team around you that allows you and gives you the freedom to have those conversations and um, frankly a culture that allows for you to be yourself and be comfortable with you because if you're not comfortable with you you'll never be comfortable with others i love that if you're not comfortable with you you'll never be comfortable with others that's amazing so it makes me think you know if i had a group of leaders sitting here in front of you right now what piece of advice about communication would you give to them um I would say always be candid, be honest. Sometimes it it's hard to be honest because nobody wants to intentionally hurt anybody. If you, if you do, uh, you're in the wrong line of business, but we talk about this a lot and I, I, I get the opportunity to coach um, some pretty seasoned people, people who are you know, older than me, uh, and, and have more experience than I do. And others who, um, had built great businesses that we're now part of our own piece of and, and getting them to understand, to be comfortable in that honesty and that you're not doing somebody any favors when you're not candid in your feedback. Um, and it doesn't always have to be verbal. Um, people who work with me closely, know in fact that when I'm nonverbal, uh, things are going the wrong direction. <laughs> so, uh, Communicating more with less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my face doesn't always hide what I'm thinking very well. Uh, and, and so oftentimes I don't have to give a response uh, when it's when somebody knows that they're way off the mark. But um, I, I it, it, some, some special things happen when you're honest with people though, and you get them to be able to open up and honest about their challenges. Uh, you, you build trust and it takes a long time to do it and just seconds to destroy it by being dishonest with them. So uh, when you, when you trust your staff and they trust you, you, you just see so much more out of it. And that's especially poignant now as we sit here, I don't know, what, uh, six years into the COVID era or whatever it's been since March, uh, uh, it, it feels like, just feels like six years. But it's so important now because everybody's spread out. We don't see each other and we're not face-to-face -face and we're not able to build those relationships in the same way. And I need, I need to know that they're doing what they're doing uh, to keep the business moving and they need to know that myself and the leadership team are doing the same thing to try to protect their jobs. And, and as we had to go through and furlough people or let people go, that honesty and trust that was built up was so critically important because they understood. In fact, I had people crying when we talked to them, not for themselves, but for the business and, 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 and what this meant. And, you know, fortunately, just about all of them are back, but it was so important to have that trust built up during that period. 
Um, and now when they come back, they just boom, step right back in. And um, many have said it was, you know, they're even more energized than they were before. I love all of that. So much to pick apart. You have to come back on and be a guest again, I hope. Sure. <laughs> what, other get, what other successful business leaders like yourself should be on the podcast, right? So where are the other Mark Porters out there that we should be paying attention to? Um, one of the guys who I think um, it, we have a unique relationship, uh, um, a gentleman by the name of Jason Kubasek. Uh, he runs a company called Mako. Um, they're a, a, a fantastic organization here. It's a global organization based uh, out here in the Western suburbs. Um, he is one hell of a unique individual and taught me a lot. We worked closely together for about two years. Uh, and though it ended rather abruptly in the way uh, things happened, uh, he, he's a fantastic operator. And I think, uh, I think it's interesting because even though we had kind of it, that, that abrupt ending, when we look back and when we meet uh, these days, we're both very proud of what we learned from each other um, and how much we how much we gained from each other in that time. So it just is what it was supposed to be. He's, he's thriving and doing exceptionally well. We've done exceptionally well. And now we have the opportunity to collaborate and share ideas and, and uh, you know, help each other in whatever ways possible. So I think Jason's uh, great. I believe you've talked to my chief operating officer, Charles. Um, okay. I can't say enough about Charles and his leadership style and, and, and the way he works. I'm so, I'm so lucky to have, uh, Charles uh, on, on our team. It's just fantastic. Um, not exactly a business leader, but uh, he, he considers himself a CEO. And, and well, I guess in, in many ways, he is a business leader in shaping the minds of the future generation business. It's a gentleman by the name of Dennis Piran. He's, the, he's a uh, head football coach at Batavia High School here, which is a perennial championship contender program and he considers himself not a coach but the ceo uh, and he also leads their incubator program which i think is one of the coolest things that i've ever had the opportunity to participate in teaching the kids and giving kids jobs and stuff like that so he's actually shaping the minds of the the next generation uh, would be entrepreneurs so uh, those are a few folks that uh, those are here locally i've been uh, very fortunate yeah, I've been very fortunate to have these guys here locally because we're kind of far out in the western suburbs of Chicago and uh, <laughs> we office in a hundred year old church that's very modern on the inside, but very, very not modern on the outside. And uh, I had a, a, a vendor come in and say, this is, this is really amazing, but why here? And uh, in this little hamlet. And I was relating that to Dennis and, and Dennis is a hometown guy there in Batavia where our office is. And he said, well, because we're here. And, and I thought that's the sort of guy he is. So it's fortunate to have guys around that, uh, that uh, really, really uh, get, bring different, totally wildly different perspectives to the table. That's amazing. That's exactly what the show's all about. And I think that's what like learning and development is all about. I'm really hoping for the audience as they listen to you talk and listen to you pull resources from these different areas of your life that they start to, you know, parallel that in their world to think about who's in my community, who's 
where I am that you know I could be leveraging because guaranteed there's some successful people right in your backyard. One hundred percent, and you can learn something even from even from the worst bosses. That's probably the one thing I've done better in life than most is I've learned a little something from everyone, and uh, even bad bosses have something to offer, even if it's just what not to do behavior. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. Uh, it's just so really. We, we tend to we tend to disregard the message for the messenger sometimes. So mm. it's you to miss that gem when they're offering it to you. Mm. I, I couldn't agree more. Well, that leads me perfectly into my last question, and and you might have an interesting perspective on this one. But you know, who's your favorite boss or teacher? Who's really influenced you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> my favorite. Um, I had a gentleman who really had two, two teachers, I think, that probably influenced me drastically at a time when um, I, I was working full time. I had just started in the technology business. I had left, I'd left police work uh, for technology, kind of a quantum leap. Uh, I was finishing my undergrad studies and there, there was two professors at Lewis University that really made a profound impact on me. One, I was only, I only spent one day in his class. Uh, and his name was Father Kevin Spies. He was a pretty amazing guy. At one time, I believe was the Dean of the College of Business at Notre Dame. Um, he's a, uh, been a pastor at many parishes here in the Chicago area. And he recognized that I was a busy guy uh, and that I was at least six or seven years older than all of the other kids in his Business 101 class me aside, asked if I could use the time better than sitting in his class. This was after the first session when I answered a bunch of questions and was participating like, like uh, Arnold Horshack. There's a reference. Uh, yeah, so he, he had me uh, read Iacocca, which turned out to be a phenomenal uh, influence on me, and then uh, write some reports. And I kept in touch with him after college because I, I so greatly appreciated it. And the other... Um, Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Um, she was a nun, uh, but not like the type with the habit and stuff. She wore street clothes. And uh, we, we had this class about, it was the only religious class I had to take uh, as a requirement. And when it was over at the end of the semester, um, she asked uh, what everybody thought. And I said, I feel like I got ripped off. And she said, why? And I said, because I have way more questions than answers at the end of the semester and I feel like I should know more and she said then you're the only one who got it and that stuck with me through the rest of my professional life because it was the message was it's okay to question these things and it was about faith so that's people don't aren't always comfortable with the questioning faith but it was about you know how to how to, you know, that it was okay to question. And we talk about that all the time here, that it's okay to question and it's okay to openly dissent as long as you have a well thought out rationale. And if at the end we still disagree, that's fine. It, you know, when we leave this room, it's, you know, whatever whatever the boss says goes, but you have the opportunity to dissent. And those, those two teachers really probably taught me more than any boss in a, in a boss setting um, there's a lot of minor lessons along the way, but, uh, helping, helping somebody who needed it, like, uh, Father Spies did and, and encouraging me to, to have questions and, and 
realize that that's not a sign of immaturity or, or, or anything that's actually a sign of emotional intelligence. Those two things I carry with me today. That's amazing. Gosh, Mark, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. I, I mean, I could seriously provide six more questions and dig more deeper with you to, to hear what the last 20 years has provided. Um, I'm curious if somebody wanted to reach out and say hello or introduce themselves or learn more, how might they go about contacting you? The easiest way to get a hold of me is from our website. Um, it's very important that uh, we're very accessible to people from our website. So if you go to www.highwirenetworks.com, you will find um, all of our contact information on the About Us page for our team. And uh, I think my LinkedIn profile is, is easily accessible from there. So uh, welcome the opportunity. Always welcome the opportunity to talk to other entrepreneurs. Well, that's amazing. Well, again, you've been so generous with your time and, you know, with your thoughts. I, I really appreciate having you and we'll certainly have you back on. Um, we're doing another segment starting in September. So we'll have you back on and, and do another six questions. Great. Thank you. Well, this is Stacey McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast. For more ideas and insights, please do go check us out at www.concilioteam.com. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. Take care.